This is part two of two of our series on Adam Goods, in which I get topical, which is rare for me. In fact, I don't think I've ever done an episode on a topic that is a debate in the news, a current debate. Um, I, I, um, I tend to stay apolitical. Uh, I, I mention in passing things that are being debated, but primarily my uh, podcast is about exploring things, not debating things. Uh, and I, um, well, is this a debate? Yes, I think I do end up debating this one, which is, again, rare for me. Uh, I'm into dialectic, or monolectic, as I like to call it. Uh, now, but this one, I end up, I think I come close to debating this one with myself. Uh, but the thing is, I get nowhere. I go one way, then the other, then the other, then the other. And I very much get nowhere. Um, and um, so if you're the sort of person who listens to podcasts to see where the, where the bloke is going with whatever he's talking about, you've come to the wrong place. And I say that sort of stuff all the time because I'm not into coming up with answers. I'm into just exploring. Um, but this one, you know, leans in the direction of almost a debate. Yeah, a debate with myself. <laughs> um, if I do get anywhere, it's to end up um, with, the, uh, with the claim that I think if I had been in one of the crowds which was booing Adam Goods back in the day, as they say, uh, I think I would have disapproved. Okay? That's about as strong as I get. All right. Uh, now, yeah, this is all journey and no destination. This story could and should, if I was doing it properly, have now a thousand epilogues added to it as the reaction to this documentary about Adam Goods plays out. Um, and there's another documentary coming out soon too. Stan Grant is making another one, I heard. Uh, so, this is the sort of podcast where you could make this... Uh, this episode could be turned into a podcast and you could... Uh, you could write a book on it, is what I'm saying. Um, but this podcast moves on. So to deal with this issue properly, you know, every day I should pick up the newspaper and react to whatever I'm reading. You know, this morning I saw in the newspaper, um, you know, if I go and get an almond latte for my wife, I flick through the paper on the table there at Pane, you know, and uh, I flicked through the paper this morning and there's a surge of support from football fans for Adam Goods to be honoured at this year's grand final. 
Uh, Essendon won last night, by the way. It was a huge win. Huge against Adelaide. Um, you know, I'd, sometimes I imagine someone from Norway or something who's listening to this podcast. You know, I don't think anyone will ever listen to this podcast, but it'll be kind of odd hearing all these um, exotic sort of little bits and pieces about life in small-time <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> but anyway, um, what is this football, Essendon? Uh, <laughs> all that sort of thing. All right, now, so um, I flicked through the paper this morning and, um, and yes, there's a surge of support for Goodsy to be, Goodsy to be, um, honoured at this year's grand final. I think that would actually go down alright. There'd be a lot of people sitting in the crowd, annoyed still, you know, annoyed still. Um, that's the way it is. You know, you're never going to change that. Um, and, um... I won't try and sort of psychoanalyse all the people in the crowd and where they're coming from. I leave that to people like the people who were lecturing us earlier on, you know. They'll tell you what's in those people's heads, right? So let's say that um, Goods um, is honoured in this year's grand final. I My guess is it'll be offered and then Goods will say, no, I don't need that, you know, at a guess, or, you know, he's, he's maintained what you'd have to call either a dignified silence or, you know, for a long time, or um, or he's just walked away, you know, one of the two. Um, probably walked away at this point in time, but, you know, uh, like Eddie Maguire said, I hope, he, I hope we can get him back, you know, and um, I'd like to see that too. Now, uh, after the year, uh, now when was it, um, whenever it was, when, oh yeah, when he retired, um, great players, when they retire, have, a, we have a parade around the, um, yeah, we're very Roman, we're just like Rome and the Colosseum, still, uh, a parade around the MCG, and um, in, in, a, in a motorcade, you know, and Adam Goods opted out, because he would have probably been booed, yeah, I think he would have been at the time, and perhaps, you know, he was um, saying, no, I'm not going to go and get there and get booed, um, and I think the AFL had a deafening silence, as I heard it described, around the whole issue at the time, and perhaps they didn't want their spectacle, uh, you know, be subject to that, you know, their showcase, the grand, our grand final is our showcase, you know each year, um, who knows, the AFL I think didn't, you know, even they're saying they didn't respond well to the good thing, alright, um, so, uh, there's a surge of support for goods at the moment, and that's on the back of this documentary, and I err on the side of that's a good thing, that a documentary can bring something like this to light, and get a surge of support going, you know, and it makes you think, feel for all the people, and it's always the case, this is always the case, uh, uh, we, we operate, we, we're, we're a kind of um, chattering mass, uh, we, the public, um, if there were three cases like Adam Goods's, um, if one gets the documentary, the outpouring of grief is for that person, and 
the other two people are probably sitting at home saying, hey, what about me? You know, that happens. Um, uh, there was, uh, in the AFL women's grand final, Adelaide, uh, two Adelaide players, they both went down with a knee injury. Um, and the first one went down with a knee injury, and a crippling knee injury, and that really wrecked her life for, for a long time. Um, but then, um, I don't follow AFL women's football all that much, but I, um, I do, you know, I had a look at it. And, uh, and then there was a high profile player, uh, the captain of Adelaide. She went down uh, with a crippling knee injury uh, later in the game. And there was a huge outpouring of grief and it got huge media attention. Um, good images for the TV and all that sort of stuff of the captain going down because she was kind of the high profile player and the other player was still a great player you know and um, and the football world from then on just had an outpouring of grief apparently on social media and all that sort of stuff and the other girl was just ignored because she hadn't had the publicity you know um, so it runs on a publicity thing too um, but that's not to say there shouldn't be an outpouring of grief for the person who did get the publicity there should um, but there should be also you know the true sort of philosophically minded person who is also you know perhaps a humanist and you know has a heart um, would take a case like um, the Adam Goods thing and instead of um, going absolutely um, full bore on Adam Goods per se would demand are there any other cases we don't know about where this has happened as well you know and let's give all let's bring all these guys up and give them all an apology or something like that give them all the Adam Goods treatment now I'm not saying not to give Adam Goods the Adam you know the um, you know the please come back mate type of treatment but are there others you know and I can think of a few others you know indigenous players who've copped abuse um, all right so you know and that's an interesting thought that um but there's a whole area of we'll show you, you we'll call it philosophy where if it doesn't appear on the internet or on a documentary or a telly movie or something as a huge issue then it's not relevant to Anybody, you know, it didn't exist, it didn't happen, you know. There'd be a lot of people sitting at home saying, hey, I got smashed too. Um, but they're feeling bad too because they, they're not, they're saying, I'm not saying don't look after Adam Goods, but, you know, do I have to get a documentary written on me um, before I can get a bit of, you know, you know, everyone, you know, and this guy's drinking his life away in his flat at this point in time, you know. Okay, there's all that. And, and that reminds me of the poor little kid who drowned. It was in the refugee, at the height of the refugee crisis. I know that's a huge leap, but, it, it, you know, I've gone slightly philosophical here. Um, there was a huge moment when a little... There was a photo of a little boy who drowned. A refugee boy from Syria, uh, Turkey... Um, you know, he'd be coming, been coming from Turkey, I think he was Syrian, and he drowned, okay? But his body was washed up on the beach, and this, this is hard to um, hear. Well, you know, that's the way it goes. Um, and it was, 
a shocking thing to see, you know, the picture. And I actually saw the picture, which, and it was, it was shocking, you know. Um, and, yeah, but the funny thing is, because the photo was so, now I'll use the word advisedly, um, I was going to say, because the photo was so good, you know, but so poignant, and so, you know, it was just, it was a little kid, you know, and I had a son the same age at the same time, you know, so I could absolutely just relate right at that moment, I went, oh my God, you know, um, there was a surge in the world for open all the borders to all refugees, let them all in, you know what I mean, now, and, it, and I think it was because the photo was there. Now, if the photo hadn't been taken that day, you know, the photographer happened to be just right there and got the perfect image. Now, if he hadn't done that, that photographer, I think that surge of support wouldn't be there. Now, you can disagree with me, but just Google uh, Al Alan, he's now Alan, you know. Um, Elaine, Alan, you know, something like that. Um, they changed his name over the times because the first, the initial spelling we've got was a, a more sort of Middle Eastern exotic spelling, but then they switched it to a more, you know, um, Anglo spelling afterwards. I don't know what his real spelling is. Um, okay, now the outpouring, and there were people just with candlelight vigils, all, you know, Melbourne, everywhere in the world actually. Um, and there was a huge reaction to that photo. Now, so on one level, that's good. You know, that's what photos are for. There was a couple of photos from the Vietnam War, um, a bloke, you know, getting his head sort of shot and um, a girl running away from a napalm bomb. And those sorts of photos turned the war. But there's a, the, a lot of things go both ways, you know. Um, you know, uh, and um, there's a good aspect to it, but there can be a dangerous aspect to it too because there was such a reaction um, and doors were flung open, you know, Angela Merkel and all that sort of thing in Europe. Um, doors were flung open and I think it was because of the worldwide reaction to that photo. Now you might say, oh, come on. There was a worldwide push for um, sympathy for the refugees, um, but I'm going to claim and you can go and check your um, you know, I was there at the time. Uh, you can go and check your uh, check all the news at the time. There was a big push for look after the refugees, but after that photo, the doors were flung open. You know, the surge became a storm worldwide. Right now, um, this is just a philosophy um, segment of this episode. Now, it's not a humanitarian. I'm not being humanitarian here. You know, I could be humanitarian and just say, just open the borders. Yeah. But the question is, uh, now what did happen was all the borders were flung open and eventually not too long afterwards um, because there was a reaction the other way, a counter reaction. Now, if, I was, if this was a humanitarian segment of this episode, I would say, so deal with the counter reaction, you know. Um, but if I was going to be pragmatic and, you know, like a world leader maybe, or if I was going to be uh, philosophical, I would say, well, you can't deal with such a counter reaction. So should you be a little careful on how you react to um, media? You know, things like the images of a, this Alain, Alan, Alan, 
um, drowning. Um, philosophically, that should have made no difference, you know. For me, the fact that I had a photo did not make the refugee tragedy suddenly worse, but for the world it did, you know. And and sometimes and I you know there were times when everyone was thinking about Syria and I was thinking what about Yemen you know, and I was actually because I happen to be in you know I, I, with my goddaughter I chat a lot about um, that part of the world too and everyone was forgetting about Yemen you know and there was no sympathy for Yemen so Yemen becomes like um, Yemen becomes like that other indigenous bloke who is sitting in his couch drinking. Um, and depressed because he got booed out of the ground game, um, but no documentary has been made on him. You know that's Yemen. Um, now that's not to say that the Syrians shouldn't be looked after, or Adam Goods, or that Adelaide football captain. But I'm just saying that other player in the Adelaide uh, team that day in the AFL Women's Grand Final, um, or you know some other kid that got drowned, washed up on a shore just yesterday in the Mediterranean, which could have happened. Um, or, yeah, look, some kid has um, suffered exactly what Elaine or Alan has, um, well, did suffer that day, some refugee. There's a refugee somewhere dying right now. And, um, yeah, the, we should, you know, if we're going, the hypocrisy kind of, meter is kind of hovering for me where is the where is that meter you know um the truly i'll finish with this maybe the truly compassionate person would be in a state of tears streaming down their cheek every day if they sat and really just you know almost like a buddhist sat and thought you know and didn't need a photo or a documentary, right? The truly compassionate person every morning would wake up and think, you know, because you, you can do that. You go, then I do that. I, I sort of think, you know, okay, okay, there's a kid dying right now, you know, and tears should stream down your face even though you haven't got a photo, you know, and all that sort of thing. Um, it's a tricky one. You know, I'm just throwing it up as a, as a thought, you know, I haven't, yeah. Okay, so that's, that's from a philosophical angle. Um, and there's also the political angle, and I'm not talking about the activist political angle. There's the, just the sort of pragmatic, rational sort of politics. If you were a world leader and you're presented by something like Alan, you know, that uh, poor refugee kid. Um, do you fling? The, do you do an Angela Merkel and fling the doors open, or do you have a much more measured approach? Um, and um, because to avoid the counter reaction, so do you go with your heart, right? Knowing full well that a counter reaction is going to bang shut the door on many other refugees. You know, do you go for the whatever's going to be the net thing? So, do you calm the people down and say, no, we can't fully open the borders because if we do that, there'll be a counter um, a counter activism from the far right, you know, and and even a right 
you know, a centre-right uh, politician might think something like this. Okay, there's a, there's a, all right, forget um, the refugee kid. Well, no, the refugee kid. Right, if you know there's going to be a counter-swing, right? Because it's when the pendulum starts swinging in a grandfather clock, when it starts swinging wildly, that's when the grandfather clock gets smashed. The only thing, reason most grandfather clocks don't get smashed is because the pendulum, you know, someone clever or someone wise is making sure the pendulum doesn't swing too wide, even though sometimes it, it would be the right and moral thing for that pendulum to swing wider. Okay, so what do I mean by that? Um, okay. There was a refugee crisis, okay? Um, so theoretically, you should push the pendulum just 90 degrees to the left in the, you know, lift it and push it right up and just open all the borders. But can you hold that pendulum up? How long can you hold that pendulum up before it's gonna swing the other way? <coughs> so as a leader, not as a political activist, a political activist is lucky in a way because he or she has got no responsibilities on the consequences of the activism okay um, so um, it's really easy and I know someone who does this open all the borders just push the pendulum it is the moral and right thing to do um, these are human lives don't think feel all right now there are, I know someone who does that um, and would open and she would open the door borders you know so she would push the pendulum you know, in a and tears streaming down her head, her face, tears streaming down her face. She would grab that pendulum if she was the um, sort of authoritarian leader of Australia, and just open the I guess you know lay off border force. You know, and we've got a thing called border force which protects our borders. Um, just sack the lot of them, open the borders, and actually send cruise ships to Africa and bring it, bring them all in. You know, and. That would be going with her heart. And there's no one on earth who can say to her that she's doing a bad thing. But, now this, I'm, I'm using the extreme example. What is that? I, I remember in physics, reductio ad absurdum or something. You know, test the thing with the extreme and then, you know, that will shed some light on something less than extreme. Okay. Um, so she would push that um, pendulum far to the right. As uh, part of the left, you know, if we want to use left wing, right wing terminology. <sighs> and then it would swing the other way. And there'd be rioting in the streets from the far right because she's activated the far right, you see. Um, because there'd be refugees suddenly appearing in everybody's backyards, you know. Um, and just flooding the city square, just flooding Australia, you know. And they would, you know. All right. Because there are shocking wars and there is inequity, it is unfair, and Australia is, has got an unfair advantage in the world, and it's nice here, and we would be flooded, and then it would be, you know, and it wouldn't be nice anymore. But then we don't deserve to have nice if no one else, if other places don't have nice. You know, that's the whole argument, you know, it keeps going like that for another 64 hours. All right, so I'm being amoral here, I'm just being pragmatic. The um, grandfather clock would be smashed, you know, quite possibly, I think. Australia would be smashed. I don't know whether we would find a way out of that. All I know is in ancient Rome, the refugees came in from Germany. They were the refugees, not the Syrians. The Germans were the primitive um, refugees back then, you know. 
Um, I'm not saying the Syrians were primitive. The Syrians were actually part of the Roman Empire and, you know, every bit as sophisticated as every other part of the Roman Empire, you know. Syria was a Roman spot, Greek-speaking, you know. Um, we get... We get... Um, a false sort of sense that Syrians must have sort of been like modern Syria forever, you know, but there was a pre-Islamic time even, you know, um, when Syrians were just part of the Roman Empire. All right, now, and as I say, Greek speaking and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, now, um, so, my friend who has a heart of gold would end up, uh, there'd be widespread misery for, for everybody. You know, and yet she's doing the right thing. All right, we know that argument. I, th I don't think anybody doesn't know that argument. Um, and, and that probably can be applied to all these other scenarios, you know. Um, even Adam Goods. Um, Adam Goods. All right, so let's say we've got a documentary. So Adam Goods' issue is real because it's publicised, right? If this documentary hadn't come along, everyone would have just ignored him. He, you know, we were starting to forget him already. We were, okay? Um, if this documentary had just popped up and, you know, everybody's um, in surge sort of mentality for support, for Adam Goods. And so they should, you know. And a lot of those people will be thinking, Goodsy, so you might think, where were you these last... You know, Goodsy might be thinking, where were you these last three years? Did you need a documentary? Why didn't you just wake up and think and say, I wonder what Goodsy's up to, and get onto social media and say, hey, why isn't anyone looking after Goodsy? Goodsy might be thinking that, you know. But no, we're a, we're a stupid lot in a lot of ways, and I include myself. We need something, we, you know, we need it to be on social media and in the news or in a documentary for it to exist. You know, I, you know I'm not on social media, and uh, there are philosophers that say that in the psychology of a lot of young people now I don't exist because I'm not on social media you know I don't exist um, because you know they would see my name even if they're not in touch with me on social media they'd see my name you know friend uh, what do they call it friend um, suggestions and all this sort of stuff you know I'm not there okay so to a certain extent, um, so, and I, I, I am not a psychologist or a philosopher, um, apparently I don't exist in the, somewhere in the psychology of young people today, okay? All right, because I haven't been publicised. I haven't publicised myself. All right, let's think about that. Now, Goodsy, um, I'll say Goodsy, you know. When I say, well, you know, I imagined myself being in Eddie Maguire's shoes in earlier in the episode and said, yeah, I could imagine myself doing an Eddie, especially if I was trying to crack jokes and everything. Um, because, you know, I, I crack jokes and sometimes I like to be a little dangerous with my jokes, which is what Eddie was doing, I think. He was being a little dangerous with his joke. I don't know if you remember that joke from about an hour ago in this episode. Um, but he was trying to be dangerous. He was trying, I think he was trying to do a bit of reverse. Look, he was probably mostly trying to think of something funny to say um and but at the same time i'm pretty certain he wasn't trying to disrespect adam goods he was just trying to do a, re a reverse humor on the whole episode because the adam goods thing had gone so out of whack he was saying wouldn't it be funny if we just reversed all that and adam goods himself 
stood outside the um, the show that was coming to Melbourne called King Kong and gave out the pamphlets. Now, in a vacuum, that is funny. You know, that is funny. I'm not even laughing here. I'm just, in a bland sort of way, that is funny. All right, because it is a... Um, you can see the irony in that, you know, sort of thing. Um, we we had an irony like that. Oh, yeah, Fantasia. Um, Orazio Fantasia, um, Essendon footballer. There was a huge thing that happened for about three days where... Um, the Essendon captain said his actual real name is Orazio Fantasia. Fantasia. Uh, you know, we're pronouncing it wrong. We're anglicising it. You know, he's Italian. It should be Fantasia. And then, you know, all the people on social media go, respect his culture. Call him Orazio Fantasia. You know, it's an, uh, it's an outrage. You know, there was a whole push, you know. And um, also the, um, the kind of way people talk on social media where they, I can't believe, you know, in 2019, the man's name is Fantasia, and are we that racist in 2019 still that we can't call him by his name, Fantasia, you know? Um, and then a reporter finally interviewed Fantasia, or Fantasia, if you like, at an airport and said, there's a big furor going on about your name, uh, Orazio. Hey, if someone were to stop you in an airport like I am right now, uh, what would you call yourself? And he said, Fantasia. <laughs> it was unbelievable, you know. And I mentioned that in a previous episode, and my reaction to that is, Orazio Fantasia. Orazio Fantasia, you can kick a goal from anywhere. <laughs> All right. Um, so, um, but getting back to Adam Goods, uh, what am I thinking about with that one? Um, with the fact that it's got so much publicity right now we're in the we're in a white hot candlelight vigil kind of mood now the public because we are stupid you know in 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 some ways and i include myself we needed a documentary to wake us all up and all that sort of stuff you know what i mean they they use that now um whereas if we were truly careful you know all these people you know it's the hypocrisy of all these people coming out of the woodwork and lecturing everyone else about what bad people they are. Um, if they were truly, um, if they were truly that way inclined, they should have been writing that article every day um, before the documentary came out. You know, a little part of me thinks along those lines. They kind of annoy me in some way, the people who come out as saints. Do you know saints annoy me? Um, they tend to annoy me. I'm at pains not to be a saint in this world. I hope I can't. I, you know, maybe I do that to a fault. You know, maybe I'm annoying the way I do that. You know, but um, I often think, um, you know, King Lear. You know, and um, his three daughters, and he asks them, "Who loves me the most?" You know, and the the older two just gushed, gushed. I love you, Dad. You know. Um, I love you to the ends of the earth, and they use all sorts of flowery language. And the third one, who's I think it's Cordelia, um, when it came to her turn, she was so horrified uh, that she um, she said, "I love you as much as I do, and no more." You know. Now she, I th- it turns out, she loved her father more than the other two. You know, that's the way the play go turns out. Um, uh, so. Sometimes I worry, no, I don't worry, I couldn't care less. I wonder, 
whether some of these people, not all of them, some of these people who come out holier than thou, saintly, and start lecturing everybody else um, about their behaviour, you know, and these people wouldn't have shown bad behaviour during the Adam Goods affair, but then again, neither did I, you know. Um, so, um, but I'm not coming out lecturing anybody in this podcast. I'm sure I'm not coming across as that, you know. So this is this is a this episode is kind of an alternative approach from somebody who likewise was on Adam Goods' side, but who isn't lecturing everybody about it, you know, who's just having a chat, you know. And even Adam Goods said that if if people would just chat, and I've gone on and on and on about that in previous episodes. The best way to reconciliation and all that sort of stuff is to just talk and talk and talk and talk, you know, um, and not wait for a spectacular documentary and then have an orgy of reaction to that, candlelight vigils and tears streaming down the cheeks and then go overboard in your reaction because you're reacting to the documentary rather than in a more sober way and just chatting to the guy over a long period of time, but having an, a, a, a huge outpouring of reaction and pushing that pendulum all the way to the left um, and bringing, him, bringing Adam Goods in on a throne to this year's grand final um, and, um, and then the crowd suddenly, because you went overboard, reacts the other way. And booing starts again, and the pendulum starts wildly swinging again. And what are they booing this time? You know, and you know, my uh, AB, you know, who is a, a person, you know, a fictitious person I'm using, who um, is an Ethiopian who I know um, follows rap. You know, he's a white hater. You know, like there are black haters and there are white haters. Now, the black haters. White people who are black haters are racist, but black people who are white haters are not racist. And that is even in my book, I say that, uh, because there's a power differential, you know. However, point stands, white hater, black hater. You know, I didn't say racist, not racist, you know. White hater. Right, he would say, you know, if the... You could play... Let's just say you went wildly overboard this grand final and um, and had a choir of children singing, you know, you'd go overboard, and Adam Goods would not want this, you know, um, um, singing, you know, Handel's Messiah as he comes into the ground, you know, you could do something like that because it would make you feel better, wouldn't it, you know, and, and, um, and then the crowd, which is petty-minded, a lot of it, you know, half of the crowd would be petty-minded, and a lot of people in the crowd would be quite sophisticated in their thinking, but the crowd would start booing again, I can tell you that. And they'd say, you've gone overboard, and the pendulum starts swinging, and then it would all start again. Racists, you know. AB would say, that entire crowd is being racist, you know. And this gets out of hand. Now, all of that that I just chatted about was just a chat, and it's much closer to... This, is, this episode and the previous one are a lot closer to me speaking with my own voice. Um, because I actually forgot to put on my podcast voice. Um, so you're hearing the real me to a certain extent here. Now, I haven't fully thought through this whole thing. Um, this epilogue 
to the Adam Goods Affair, which is now an epilogue that is placed as a separate episode, because I can see I've spoken longer than I intended to, so I'll just make this a separate episode. Um, this epilogue, you know, theoretically I should now keep speaking to clarify what I mean and to explore all the different angles, you know, from a humanitarian perspective and a caring perspective and a compassionate and a practical and a pragmatic and all that sort of thing. And, you know, I'd be acknowledging the fact that even though there shouldn't be nasty racists in the world, there are. So if you're a political leader, you, you have to take account of that. You know, you, um, you don't have to, but if you don't, the grandfather clock's going to get smashed and all that sort of thing. I've only sort of... This is almost what you would call a discussion starter because it's a huge topic and it's being played out right now. So switch on the news and watch it. I'm not going to give a day-to-day -day commentary. I should, if I really cared about Adam Goods, I should now have a whole series of episodes that plays out for the next, I reckon, all the way through to the end of the grand final this year, so about 10 weeks. This will play out for 10 weeks now. Um, and then, uh, the people of Melbourne will lose their novelty for it and it will drop off. Just like as soon as everybody was, you know, with that poor little kid, Alan, um, the refugee kid, um, we were just all over the, you know, we were just gushing in Melbourne for the refugees. Um, but then, you know, the novelty died off. And then I just saw all the progressives down the coffee shop laughing gaily and having their lattes. Um, and, um, but refugees were still dying, but, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd already expressed their, they'd already got it all out, and now they were forgetting about it, you know. Um, all right, the Adam Goods thing will pop up again from time to time, and so will the refugee thing, but I have no specific point I'm making in all of this. This is just a, a kind of patchwork quilt of ideas, and make of them what you will. Um, you know, if you're left-leaning or right-leaning, you might be hating me or loving me, you know, I don't know, and I don't care. Um, but, you know, there's enough in this episode to get left-wing, far-left-wing people hating me, and there's enough in this episode to get far-right-wing people hating me. And you know what, I'm not even being a centrist, you know, just coming at it in a patchwork quilt sort of way. Between this, this episode and the previous episode, I'm just coming at it, I'm emptying my head, you know, I'm deliberately not trying to structure my thoughts and I'm putting it, you know, I'm just emptying my head and seeing what comes out and for better or worse, this is what I'm thinking right now, you know. Um, so there you go. An epilogue to the Adam Goods, the previous Adam Goods episode. Okay, I'll leave it at that and I'll drop it now. Even though if I was a good person, I would keep going and keep talking about Adam, Adam Goods for the next 10 weeks and then drop it because the rest of you are dropping it then anyway, aren't you? All right, that's it. Just like I predicted everyone would. And I really did. You know, I'm not one of those people that say, um, I predicted that you would all, you know, stop your candlelight vigil for that little refugee boy as soon as, um, as soon as the images left your phones. You know, as soon as the image of that boy stopped coming on your phones, I knew you would stop crying. You know, I'm not exactly one of those sorts of people, but uh, not just me. A lot of us were saying, oh, you know, the, that outpouring of grief, where was that grief, you know, where's that grief now for the refugees that are suffering right now?
that sort of thing you know you could go on and on and I'll finish off with one comment there are people still right now um, working really hard for refugees so you're excluded you guys are the sorts of saints I like end of epilogue stop the press as I often say I've just opened this morning's age and there's a, an article in here by Caroline Wilson uh, I will um, finish off the epilogue with that and this will be a nice uh, way I think to finish off the previous episode which the current ep epilogue is attached you know to which <laughs> all right uh, so now Caroline Wilson is the natural enemy of we Essendon supporters but um, she takes care uh, and also this is good for me to read this out well number one because she's my natural enemy being an Essendon supporter uh, she's Richmond and Richmond in a way that likes to get stuck into Essendon you know um, so I'm going to just read this and I often say I'm just going to read it without commenting but this time I'll read with it without commenting and um, one good thing about this just scanning it I haven't read it but I'll just read it straight even the bits I don't like and one good thing about it I think is that she'll get all the chronology right what happened when in what order and all that sort of thing this is the sort of thing that is not what this podcast is all about. You know, um, she will have carefully researched the matter and, um, and carefully distilled it for us from her perspective, of course, you know, from the perspective of someone who's my natural enemy. But I think it's great. I'd much rather put someone onto this podcast that is my natural enemy um, than someone you know, who is in my echo chamber. Let's go. Caroline Wilson, The Age, Saturday, July the 20th, 2019, which is today, and that can finish off my uh, little investigation into Adam Good. Here we go. There's someone here talking as well. Um, I'm at a coffee shop. Let's just assume it doesn't disturb you. I'll speak a bit softer, but straight into my iPad. Right, Caroline Wilson. Every time the magnitude of what happened... Oh, start again. Every time the magnitude of what goods offered the game he loved and how much that offering was squandered seems more devastating. The tragic unmaking of goods, the two-time premiership champion, dual brown medalist and Swans and Indigenous Games record holder, screened on Channel 10 in primetime on Thursday night via the documentary The Final Quarter. Oh, record holder. Screened on Channel 10 in prime time on Thursday night. Okay. Watching it cannot have been easy for those who stood against him, nor those who did not see the heckling for what it was. Worse, I imagine, for those well-intentioned AFL bosses who stood by and said so little. And perhaps worse again for Goods, the new father now living a life away from the game. The manner of his... De <laughs> someone swearing in the background there. Can you hear that guy? Um, there are people who have a thug type of way of speaking. A thug 
way of speaking, and these guys over here, opposite me, have that. Um, there are people with a rap way of speaking, but these guys aren't that. You know, um, these guys have a sort of thug way. You know, <laughs> all right. Let's see if you can hear me over them. And perhaps worse again for Goods, the new father, now living away from the game. The manner of his departure and the horrors that punctuated those last three years would have haunted his memories since. Watching himself play football again after almost four years away perhaps reminded him too of what he had lost. Because the truth is that Goods remains lost to football. AFL Commission Chairman Richard Goida's comments soon after assuming that role, that Goods would be an excellent choice as the game's first Indigenous board member, perhaps underlined how little the Commission understood the schism between the champion and the league. And it is a schism that remains to this day. Goods has never returned to an AFL Grand Final let, and never attended a Brownlow count. I have to get used to her way of speaking. Goods has never returned to an AFL Grand Final, never attended a Brownlow count. Next year marks his fifth season out of the game, which would surely see him as an automatic inclusion into the Australian Football Hall of Fame. But Goiter and Gillan McLaughlin have some work to do to ensure he would even consider attending that event. Well, they should make him that any... Oh, look, no commentary from me. Right. While Goods remains comfortable in the environment of the Sydney Football Club, he became a Bloods legend in their Hall of Fame earlier this year, he has only attended a handful of games since retiring and those have generally related to the annual GO Foundation game. That organisation, named for Goods and Michael O'Loughlin, was established to empower Indigenous youth by education and has no links to the AFL. Those close to the former Swan wonder whether he will ever come back. So intense is his disappointment in the way he was treated and the manner in which the AFL, which campaigned passionately behind the scenes to appoint him Australian of the Year, then failed to, then failed to back him for fear of a supporter backlash. It is a schism that would be unrecognisable to those who remember goods before 2013. Widely loved and celebrated nationally, he was a regular fixture at the Brownlow unless the Swans were playing in a grand final, and a regular ambassador in the game's heartland throughout September. Had he retired after the 2012 Premiership, this shameful chapter in the history of the AFL would never have taken place. After watching Ian Darling's expertly edited, brutal portrayal of Goods last year in football, all the more brutal for its complete lack of hindsight, it seems incredible that some people are still buying the convenient line that Goods was booed because he called, because he called out a 13-year-old girl. This line was put forward by a group of commentators not known for their empathy for any of life's underdogs. Goods, having realised the age of his detractor, implored the public to support and not to blame her. And there are still people in the game who, like at least two AFL, AFL commissioners of the time, truly believe the 372 gamer was booed by tens of thousands of so-called fans because he staged for three free kicks. 
The booing began after Goods was made Australian of the Year. Okay. Here's the chronology bit. All right. Although he spoke in measured terms about the plight of his people, he made a lot of other people feel uncomfortable. Why would any indigenous footballer dare to have spoken up, having witnessed what happened to a champion of Goods statue? It was equally sinister to watch two Collingwood presidents, a quarter of a century apart, explain their racist comments as a slip of the tongue. That's uh, Eddie Maguire and um, Grub, G- Gubby Allen. Is what? Uh, sorry, Gubby. Uh, is Gubby still with us? Can't remember. Like uh, anyway, it was Eddie Maguire and some other Collingwood president. How far, in fact, has the game truly come? Goods himself agreed in the final quarter that the answer in 2012 was not far enough. Only last month, Hawthorne President Jeff Kennett pointed the finger at new arrivals, hampering the game's security measures. Kennett's apology became as conditional as Barnaby Joyce's third chamber, Mayor Culper, on Thursday, when the Hawks' boss later backtracked and said he had only apologised to help out McLaughlin. As they privately question themselves and their next move, the fact remains that the game's governors fear that not much has changed. Perhaps that is why Goida did not deliver a public apology to Goods. The best the AFL bosses could offer was a carefully worded, heavily media-managed apology on behalf of the industry which accompanied the first public screening of Darling's documentary at the Sydney Film Festival last month. One brave decision would be to set tougher perimeters across the industry in the stand against racism. It seems crazy that there is one rule for club presidents and another for everyone else. Working to show goods how truly sorry they are and how strong a stand they are prepared to take remains a legacy task for both Goida and McLaughlin. My view is that Darling's documentary, while brilliant, moving and beautifully timed, let the AFL off ever so lightly. Perhaps, though, there was a method, there was method in Darling's handling of this sensitive issue, given the relatively strong support head office has given the film. Stan Grant's The Australian Dream, in which Goods has played an active role, will soon follow opening the Melbourne Film Festival on August the 1st. And the fact that these films have been made at all and will... And the fact these films have been made at all and will hopefully set a tone for younger Australians is no small thing. But it doesn't change the fact that Australian rules football, which has prided itself on its social leadership, held a diamond in its hands and threw it away. That's good. The final quarter introduces a youthfully handsome champion, quietly spoken but full of hope, trying to explain to white Australia what it is to be indigenous while brilliantly displaying his craft. By the documentary's close, Goods no longer looks youthful or hopeful, but haunted and hunted. Now these documents are in place. Now that these all right, now these documentaries are in place, history can no longer be rewritten and younger voices will hopefully drown out the racist deniers. The AFL cannot 
change what took place, but it remains incumbent upon its governors to ensure goods does not exist forever in the games to hard basket. Okay, I like that episode for how it has been written. Uh, episode, <laughs> article, you know, spot the podcaster. I like the way she has written. Look, I already know she was a good writer because um, she attacked Essendon for a long time over the what was called our supplements um, scandal. Um, and I'm tribal on that because I have to be tribal because I'm Essendon. Um, and so she was our natural enemy, Caroline Wilson. I finished the article, if you haven't guessed. Now, um, but I like... That's proper journalism in my book. Now, in the previous episode, I read out a couple of articles which now that I've read this one, I think were rubbish. Especially the second one, absolute trash. You know, now that I've read this, this is quality. Um, doesn't matter whether I agree with everything she said. And I, look, I don't think, I think I do agree with pretty much everything she said. I think I agree with just about everything she said. Right, this is quality. Um, and um, I gave you a window into trash. That other one that said three pieces of fake news, you know, surrounding Adam Goods. You know, she dealt with those three pieces of fake news in this article here, Caroline Wilson, that I read out in the previous episode. But she has done so. She has commented on those three things with class. The other guy just confused me, you know, made a, you know, and, and was and was just trying to um, get us all hypertensive, I think. All right, good article to finish off. Good article to, um, yeah, to say let's move on now in this podcast to the next thing, whatever it might be, which might be something like Captain Cook or Penguins. Maybe rock and roll. No, I'm going to stick with the Indigenous theme, but more um, to explore Indigenous culture than to uh, respond or react to current topical events. Um, I stay away from current politics most of the time in my podcasts, you might have noticed. Time to invest, let's get back to the rainbow snake and all that stuff, you know, and, and investigate all that. Okay, thanks. I'm just having an unhelpful thought, and it is an unhelpful thought, and it's probably it's not even appropriate for this discussion, um, and it is on the question of the way people react, uh, and the foregoing. There's a tiny little segment that I spoke just a little bit earlier, and it's it's made this thought jump into my head. Now I probably shouldn't even have this thought much less express it but this podcast is about me emptying my head and if something's in my head you know I'll say it uh and the unnerving or the you know sort of uh, the wrong thought is this and I don't know if it translates across to the Adam Goods thing look if um and you know I never tell people how to think and I'm I really honestly think I'm a lot like Adam Goods in that sense um he made an Australia Day speech that um, Caroline Wilson mentioned in that article that article I read out and in it he said I'm not trying to tell you how to think you know and if you've listened to the 25 hours of this podcast so far you know I'm up to episode 28 I can see um, if you 
had listened to all of that, you would see that, you know, that's, I never stop saying that that is my thing as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to feed any side of the argument. I don't want to feed the left. I don't want to feed the right. Um, you know, and I don't care whether the left hates me and I don't care whether the right hates me and all that sort of thing. Adam Goods actually is after, uh, is sort of he he's trying to be more helpful and make the world a better place much more so than i am in this podcast i'm just wanting to think aloud without actually trying to push um debates in one direction or another i'm not trying to be helpful really and further to that here's my un- unhelpful thought okay and the unhelpful thought goes something like this and it has jumped in my head. It's it's something I have thought about over you know from time to time because it keeps rearing its ugly head. But um, imagine you cut somebody off. Now I don't know if this is going to translate to the Adam Goods thing or not. As I say it, right? You've done the wrong thing. You're driving, you know, and you cut someone off, and another person just goes beep, beep, you know, beep, beep as a warning, you know, to you. Um, if you're semi-well adjusted, you'll go, oh, you put your hand out the window and you'll wave and you say, yep, sorry, you know, if you're semi-well adjusted. Let's say you genuinely cut someone off and you know you did, you know, and then they go beep, beep out of fright, you know, maybe they got a fright or maybe they're trying to, say, look out, whatever. But, you know, they go beep, beep like that, you know, and you go, oh, and you know, you know the way you put your hand up. Sorry, 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 sorry. You know, um, yeah, I made a mistake. You know, um, and but then imagine you do that again a week later to someone else, and they lean on their horn, you know, to give you a lecture. You know, as I always say, a lecture. You know, and they go beep. You know, and not only that, they start, um, they come up next to you and wind down their window and say, why don't you learn to drive? You know, um, people like you shouldn't be on the road, et cetera, et cetera. And they just go on and on and on. And you're stuck at the lights and they're just, and they're giving you a lecture through the window. You know, at point, at some point, you might, you know, you're listening to them. You might say, you know what? Get stuffed. Now, check out what's happened there. You've done the wrong thing. And you are telling them to get stuffed. Why is that? And, and, and the reason, quite obviously, is that they over-lectured you, you know. Now, I do not know whether this translates well to the Adam Goods case. And, and you know, this might be a nuance that I can introduce. And, you know, this is in, the envir- in an environment where... You can't say these things in public discourse, which is probably why I'm doing a podcast, you know. But that that would introduce nuance into the booing. Um, And I'm not trying to unravel or undo what Caroline Wilson said in that um, article just then. I actually, as I was reading it, was liking it and, you know, and agreeing with it. So I'm not trying to undo what I was thinking in that. But I... If I have a thought, I'll put it up on the podcast, you know. And this podcast is has got a level of honesty here, you know. And even if I think something unhelpful, I'll put it up and you can use it as you see fit, you know. Um, okay, so here's my thought, okay. Um, 
And as I think about this, um, all right, what happened? And now reading that Caroline Wilson thing, the booing started after Adam Goods made his Australia Day speech and possibly another speech soon after that, I think, was involved. Okay. Um, and did... Now, do the, when I was in the car and I told that other person who I cut off to get stuffed, I knew I was in the wrong, and yet here's me telling him off. You know, in some senses I'm going boo to him, you know what I mean? So... And I, I can imagine me doing that because I do get my bee in a bonnet about things like that, you know. I don't beep anyone else, but if someone beeps me, I might have a crack at them. I don't know. I'm not a road rager. I've never road raged in my life. But anyway, it's not the point. Okay, so what the point is, why, why did I boo him through the car window, that other driver, um... Is it because, am I booing him because I didn't like the fact that I had been called a bad driver? No, that's not true actually, because I actually copped it quite well. I actually copped it quite well. Um, and I'm thinking as a, you know, I'm not putting any forethought into this. This is me thinking aloud. Um, so why was I booing? Now that other driver was probably saying, you know, and the police, so, you know, suddenly we're yelling at each other and the, a policeman comes past and says, hey, you two, what's going on? And, you know, that other driver will say, he's a bad driver and he's angry at me and he's the one in the wrong. And I said, yes, but I'm, I'm not actually angry about that, I might say to the policeman. Um, I'm angry because of the way he accused me of being a bad driver. Now, the policeman would probably say, you know what, mate, you're the bad driver, you're in the wrong. You know, because police have to take that quite, you know, they can't get into the complexity that I'm talking about, you know. And if I cut him off, then, yes, I, the police would book me and not him. Yeah, But what I would be saying is, all right, book me, book me, book me. Okay, I did do the wrong thing, you know. Um, and the, analog and the, analog uh, the analogous thing there, the analogy, is... You know, yes, all right, I am a racist, you know. If if cutting a person off, you know, being rude to them um, is analogous to being racist, okay, I did that, did that all right? And let's say, but still, what I, and I would still say to the policeman, write me out the ticket, yes, you know, guilty. Um, I am a racist, you know. Um, uh, so do write me out the ticket, but I'm just going to tell you, policeman, that's not what I was booing him for. I was booing him uh, because I didn't like the way he lectured me, you know. And, you know, I can imagine myself saying that. And um, and the policeman would say, I don't care. And then I'd say, fair enough, you know. I just thought I just wanted you to know. Um, and um, and the policeman would say... Uh, now, is that... Is there an analogy in there somewhere? I want to keep that a bit vague, that story. Uh, but here comes another little bit that I just recorded earlier. And the foregoing, I think, seeks to suggest in a very unhelpful way, because I'm still 100% on Goods' side in the sense that all if I was at one of those crowds where everyone was booing, I would not like it and I would say stop. 
no matter what your reason, even if you think you've been lectured to by Adam Goods himself, which I think, you know, reading between the lines, and I, I had forgotten some of the details because it was about six years ago or five years ago or whatever, um, reading between the lines, if people did start booing after the Australia Day, um, when he gave an Australia Day speech, um, then okay. Uh, it would suggest to me, if there was any analogy, that some of the people at the crowd were booing because, you know, Adam, Adam Goods had pulled up in a car beside them. In their minds, I don't think Adam Goods did do that. You know, but in their minds, why were they booing? That's what I'm getting at. In their minds, they were booing because... Um, they believed Adam Good pulled up next to them in the car and they had done the wrong thing, you know, but they didn't like the way that Goods was lecturing them, you know. Now, this is a very, um, you know, can, can we as humans, um, the way we argue things, can we handle that level of nuance? Um, should I even be proposing that level of nuance? Am I picking at, you know, am I splitting hairs, you know, and you can just say, no, look, just to hell with your nuance. It was just racism, all right? But, you know, well, I'm going to, I'm going to split that hair anyway, you know. And, um, you know, my language here, my grammar is vague because I'm only half thinking through all this stuff. And by all means, hate me. But I'm having the thought, so I'm saying the thought, and that's it. You know, I'm not being right wing, left wing, or anything. I'm just saying what I'm thinking. And let's see what I said earlier, not long ago. Yeah. Okay, let me ramble on. Well, I'm rambling on. Not the foregoing. I said in the foregoing. Um, I meant to say in the bit coming up. I confused myself because I recorded the bit coming up earlier in the day. No wonder, I suppose, that I thought it was the foregoing in my head. But it's the bit coming up for you. For me, it is the foregoing because I said it earlier. But for you, it's coming up now. I just had an additional thought. That's right, I can never give anyone else the final word. And especially not Caroline Wilson. I haven't forgotten about all that Caroline. <laughs> all right, Caro. Um, okay. Um, yes, my final thought. Um, will it be the final thought? I think it will be. Uh, now, Caroline Wilson's article there, I thought that was quite good. And the sort of article that's not likely to elicit booing, you know. So, you know, I, I tend to think media wants, um, wants to polarise its readers. You know, if I was an editor and, um, and my job was to make money, you know, I would have ethics too, journalistic sort of ethics, but I also have to make money. Now, you have to make it, you know, you've got the age and the Herald Sun. Now, when you're writing an article, uh, you've got sort of two choices. You know, you're conflicted, really, aren't you? Um, you know, the, what is in the best interests of both the age, left-leaning, and the Herald Sun, right-leaning, is to polarise 
their respective audiences. It's almost collusion. Yeah? They're competitors, but it's collusion. And I actually think it's collusion. Do you know what? They don't even have to discuss it with each other. They sell more papers if they um, polarise their readers. Now, Caroline Wilson's article there, I think, doesn't cause that, you know, doesn't prompt that polarisation. Um, but the article I read in the previous episode by somebody, you know, um, did. Now, I think um, the article in the previous episode, don't go back and listen to it, it doesn't matter for the purposes of what I'm saying here, um, would um, cause booing, you know, further booing. Um, it's, it's, it was from a left-wing person, but it was designed to antagonise the right, you know, and would cause booing. Um, to what extent would that booing be because the right felt antagonised and to what extent would it be to do with, you know, uh, awakening their racism? Now, I will say a bit of both, right? Which is a a strange thing to say because, um, because the climate at the moment is to say it was all racism. But I think that it's a bit of both. Now, racism triggers the whole thing. We know that. Um, you know, we, well, you don't have to know that, but I, I know that. Um, people can know different things. There can be multiple truths. Right. But I think there's a bit of both. You know, if the left wing antagonises the right, you know, lectures, um, a deliberately inflammatory language, all that sort of stuff, some of the booing can be to do with that quite apart from the racism. You know, we know it's all mixed up in a blender, but racism isn't the only thing. It's also because they've been, how shall we say, taunted, you know, and that's a factor. Um, so, um, even though, you know, I've, um, I'm, I'm, it doesn't matter to Adam Goods, the guy's been smashed either way. It doesn't really matter what the reason is. But anyone who sort of says it's all 100% racism... Well, maybe they're right. However, I, um, even though it's the right thing to be saying in the current climate that it's all to do with racism, racism pure and simple, uh, unfortunately my zen in this podcast as a whole is to very much doubt um, simple conclusions like that. You know, if I find something simple, I doubt it. And I like to mess it up. So I just wanted to mess that thought up just a little bit. Not because I'm trying to be right wing. You know, I might do the same to the left, to the, to the right wing another time. Uh, not because of that, but just because it's my zen. Um, you know, all right. So, you know, I like to always doubt what I'm hearing from in public discourse, even if it's popular. You know, at the moment, it's popular and good and something I agree with to get on Goodsy's side and I'm on Goodsy's side too, but um, I like to keep the option 
to doubt it's uh, you know to doubt for example that the booing was just as simple as that in every case for every single one of the supporters i like to keep an element of doubt there because there might be another issue i not need to talk about one day in which um the now who's who's doing the someone yeah someone yeah you know, where the politics is all switched you know and the right wing is saying the left wing is doing something very 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 bad pure and simple and i you know i'm setting ground rules here within this podcast such that you know i've got a license now when the right wing does try and smash the left wing for being something you know and and saying it's 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 you know they're all damned commies and it's that simple end of discussion i want to have it in my back pocket to say listen I, you know, in the Goodsey affair, I said that um, I said that maybe the booing was um, not a hundred percent to do with racism, but also because the bear was poked, you know, um, and and people didn't want to lecture and didn't want to be chastised. Grown ups hate being chastised by other grown ups, you know, in a vacuum. Even if there's racism there as well. Grown-ups hate... If you talk to people the wrong way, if you even if the other person is a bad guy, just the way you talk to that person can make them say, get stuffed, boo, you know? So I actually think it is incumbent on all of us, and you can disagree with me, that even if the other person's a bad person, you still... And this is going to sound strange. You still have to take care with how you chastise that person you know as a little bit like uh, you know if if the punishment has to uh, still be proportional to the crime even if you think that other person's a racist pig you know you might be one of those people say look if i come across a racist i will i will deal with them any way i choose you know and I'm here to say that even if that person is a racist, and I agree with you that that person is a racist, racist, you still have to be measured. And the other person might say, "I will not. I will just keep. I will come up to their face in the street and just scream, you know, over and over, racist, racist, racist." You know, I'm saying, and that is roughly what people tend to do. You know, that can cause booing in and of itself. Now, I, I wonder if I got that point across okay. I'm not sure, you know. Um, yeah, who cares? <laughs> I gave it a shot. I do care, actually, um, on a, a, a sort of dialectic level at least. You know, I'm not being political in these uh, episodes, but I do want to make sense at least. Okay, and as I just listened to that, because I just did listen to that back, you know, because as I'm speaking, I'm not, I can't, I can't um, think and speak at the same time. Uh, I'm not a very good multitasker, but I listened back to that. Uh, I listened back at that, which I recorded earlier, just now, and my thought is that Adam Goods was not that person in the metaphor I described, the road rager, you know, 
Adam Goods was not a, a, a road rager, okay? I've had to think about this just now. Um, Adam Goods, you know, remember that metaphor before where I said, you know, you, you do the wrong thing, you know, well, let's just, I'll say this, I do the wrong thing and I cut someone off and someone goes toot toot, you know, uh, and um, I think that was Adam Goods, you know, absolute gentleman as far as I can tell. And he just went toot toot, you know, and said, listen, look, you know, you just cut me off. You know, you, um, uh, you know, to us collectively, he said, toot toot, you know, I heard a bad thing in the crowd and I'm toot tooting it uh, just to bring it to your attention, you know. Um, I think that was Adam Goods. I think he did. He was not a road rager. Uh, perhaps my vitriol I shall reserve for all the journalists and the people out there my fellow Australians who on his behalf come up to my window and start screaming at me, you know. Now, not me personally, but the collective us, you know, and doing the huge lecture, you know. Um, and as I think about that, then we should be booing. Uh, now, uh, we should be, you know, I'm going boo to... The commentators, not to Adam Goods, but to the commentators, um, the um, the commentators who are on Goods' side, and I'm on Goods' side, but I'm having a go at them for road raging and screaming racist, you know, ra screaming racism. I'm sort of saying now um, that even Adam Goods, you know, you're not taking a leaf out of Adam Goods' book there, Adam Goods. Um, went, you know, toot toot, you know, in a very gentlemanly and measured fashion, you know, and you might, you might say, he had a right to scream in everybody's faces, you know, look what he, you know, that girl, he, um, called him an ape, so he had a right to scream as much as he could, and I'm saying, yes, he did, you know, you can say that he did, sure, fair enough, but take a leaf out of his book, in the fact that he didn't. But you are on his behalf now. I'd rather you were more like Adam Goods, I'm saying to all these commentators, you know. Um, so, in essence, I, uh, I think I am thinking that Adam Goods didn't, get deser didn't deserve to get booed because I don't think he did do any of that he didn't do anything um, analogous to road raging um, did he I don't think he did um, he was quite measured um, do I, I remember a war dance where he war danced to the crowd somewhere maybe that was i don't know if that that i don't even think that was road raging um so here's the thing in all my attempts just now to try and see the other side of the equation uh, you know uh, the opposite of caroline wilson's thinking and and the opposite of my own thinking in my attempt to say um to say maybe 
the booing was justified for some people who were just angry at the way they were lectured to. I am now um, backpedaling on that. No, I'm not backpedaling. I don't backpedal. I have one idea, then I have the opposite idea. It's not that, you know. Backpedaling is where you have a political opinion and then you have to climb down from that, you know. I don't have political opinions per se. I am involved in a one-man dialectic so you know I have a thought one way and I have a thought the other way you know but I'm not climbing down from a claim you know so it's different this podcast the terms of reference of this podcast are different I am not giving a political opinion you know and if this was on Facebook this whole podcast people were saying you had the opinion that you know ABC and then later you said DEF you know, you are clearly admitting fault. And I said, you just don't understand me, I would say. But then what would I expect, you know? You are Facebook. <laughs> All right. So, um, if the crowd wanted to boo anybody, my thoughts are, the crowd should have booed the commentators who were not... You know, the, the commentators who were on Goods' side, you know, who were not taking a leaf out of his book and were over-lecturing their fellow Australians. So Adam Goods shouldn't have got booed by the crowd. I will, um, after all of that chat, I will say it was absolutely unwarranted for the crowd to boo Adam Goods the way they did and that's just that's what my logic is telling me now you know if you're a kind of right winger who hates who you know you can just disagree with all that by all means but look I'm I'm thinking about this as best I can and I'm not the greatest thinker but I still think and that, me thinking aloud, is not a bad thing to do, you know. Do you only want to hear from social science geniuses on podcasts? If you do, there's plenty of podcasts from those guys. I'm just an ordinary bloke thinking aloud, you know, drawing on um, a medium-sized intellect. <laughs> All right, that was absolutely my best shot. I'm never going to work that hard again, but that is, that's the best I've got. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.